0: You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550.
1: We're talking Eagles and Niners on first take right now. I'm so interested in this game on Sunday, the game of the week with the Bills off. And the Eagles are underdogs at home, and there's a lot of back and forth between the Niners players and the Eagles players on how much, not even how much, the NFC Championship game basically being a free win by Philadelphia, which is absolutely right. No, Anybody that pretends to know how that game would have gone, you don't know. Whether you're a Niners fan or you're an Eagles fan or you're a player for either team, nobody knows how that game would have gone. We didn't get to see it. Nobody got to saw it. Anyways, eight zero three zero five fifty is the phone number. Let's go to Tim and Clarence. Hey, Tim.
2: Yeah, thanks for taking my call. I'm just going to ask you really quick. I mean, I understand, and we're all frustrated by that prevent defense. It's horrible. But the bottom line is this. I think about, uh, okay, get rid of McDermott. Fine. And there is a thing that coaches take you just so far. Is that him, too? Like certain – I forgot the old coach of Cincinnati. He took him just so far, and he couldn't. But he ends up with Joe Burrow. Great. Uh, the new coach. But the bottom line is, okay, look what happened to Frank Reich. He was supposed to be this offensive genius uh, with Philly. Okay, fine. He won the Super Bowl. Everything went their way. He goes to Indianapolis. Boom, fired. He's fired with Carolina. Um, So who do we get? And a lot of these college coaches are not really good um, NFL coaches. So we fire them, and then you go from the coals to the fire. So I'm curious what you think. I'll hang up and uh, I'll listen to you. Thank you.
1: I don't think there's much downside to firing McDermott. I don't think there's really much downside at all. I don't think the Bills can get – much worse than what we've seen this year. That's been one counterpoint I've heard a lot. You go hire Ben Johnson, just one name from Detroit, and you just you don't know that that's going to be better. Okay, but you're right. Anyone that says that, I don't know. I have no idea what he'll be like as a head coach. I know he's offensive, I know he's a great play caller, so I could be hopeful and optimistic. And if it works, my upside is I don't have a rotating door in terms of play caller on offense, which is one of the most important roles in an organization every two years. And my downside is what? What's my downside? Josh Allen's the quarterback. What's my downside? They're not going to be one of the ten worst teams in football. It's not possible with this quarterback. Let's go to Mike in Amherst. Hey, Mike.
3: Hi, Joe. Um, agree with you a hundred percent. Doesn't matter who the coach is. The floor with Allen is what nine or ten wins, right? Like we yeah. don't know how the rest of the year is going to play out, of course. But you're right. With Josh Allen as your quarterback, you're it can't get any worse. And My biggest concern is what if Brady continues to hit it out of the park with Allen and our offense looks amazing. We cannot let another Brian Dable walk out that front door. What are they going to do in that situation? Um, If the bills actually miss the playoffs this year, which is it's insanity to say that out loud. How can Sean McDermott return as the head coach and not lose the locker room? Um, That's where I'm at with this. I, some of the other callers wait, wait,
1: the you're case. saying if they fired him they'd lose the locker room or you're saying the opposite?
3: No, I'm saying the opposite. If they miss the playoffs oh, with Josh Allen in
1: his prime,
3: how can he return next year as the head coach and have people still believe in him?
1: I, I see what you mean. Um, it's, it's, it's a question. I don't know where we stand to that. Where do we stand with the culture part of this. I mean, I hate talking about it because I don't really think it's that valuable. I think it's just something you say because you don't want to give away the actual meaningful stuff. The meaningful stuff to whether you win or lose is X's and O's and strategy. And coaches don't want to say that. So, what do... They, they're they going to talk for hours and hours and hours every year. What are what those press conferences? Like 20, 25 minutes per, sometimes a little shorter. A couple times a week. I mean, we're talking days worth of Sean McDermott talking over the years. And the real stuff that actually goes into whether you win or lose, game planning, X's and O's, player deployment, certain situations, different roles, X's and O's, strategy, all of that, he won't give you that. So, okay, that's inherent. We already know that. He won't give that all of you. So, okay, now what am I going to replace all of those hours of talk with? This culture. So, I already think it's overhyped in the first place. But, part of what I think about with that is, yeah, where what the player mindset, player play, mindset, I can't believe I said that word. Please fire me into the sun. I just said the word mindset. What mentally do players think of the coach right now and the building and the locker room? Because, stories leak out of there. Right? The Tyler Dunn piece after 13 seconds where there was a a brouhaha in the locker room after, and there is you know coaches walking out the door. A lot of coach turnover, and yeah, if you compare it to the league, it's not crazy a crazy amount more, but it's on the higher end. So you got the Dable icy handshake with McDermott versus Dable with Allen, where like they're they're bros, like they're hugging each other and like they they you can tell they miss each other. So. I don't know. Is there a disconnect? There is some evidence where you could pick up these little clues and go, yeah, maybe. I wouldn't want to rule it out. That's what—that's the part I would love to know, though. We don't get to know, but I would love to know. Yeah, wh- Allen especially. What does Allen think of all this? And he might be perfectly fine with it. He says he's perfectly fine with it. He's got to say that. But my question would be about Josh you okay with this going forward? Because the reason he's the one worth asking there, he's the only one, the only one that could do anything about it. The only way, not the only way, but one of the one of the only ways that they get a different head coach is if the quarterback wants a different head coach. But at the same time, Allen, I mean, he would have a conversation with his agent, even if he thought this, which we don't know. He'd have to have a conversation with his agent because if you start to make a stink about that and you try to make a power play to get a new coach, there is a consequence to that. The consequence to that is everybody now is going to view you as. Remember, we did this with Jack Eichel. You're you're a coach killer now. You're uh, you're Rogers. You want everything your way. You that that will come with it. So. In that in that frame of reference, now that I'm saying it, I wonder if it even matters because. If Allen, you know, was getting, you know, a little tired of the McDermott speech, or, you know, if it was getting stale, um, would he even still do anything about it? Maybe he wouldn't, just because he would know what comes with it. Let's go, we'll keep rolling through phone calls here. We'll go to Mark in Buffalo. What's up, Mark?
4: Hey, good morning. Hey, here's the bottom line with the Bills right now. Number one, and I know we all say whatever, but can't lose what they lost on defense, and yes, we all wish they could be better, but they're not. The bottom line is they took a shot on an offensive coordinator who may be good in years to come, but he wasn't ready to be an offensive coordinator on a team who's ready to win the Super Bowl. Now, they've got an offensive coordinator who's doing a lot better job, or the team is playing better under him. That can be the only reason why. But you have to, you know, you lose to the Eagles in Philadelphia, that's fine. That can happen. You have to figure out, why did we lose to the Jets? Why did we lose to the Patriots? Why did we lose to Jacksonville? Jacksonville's not that bad. Why did you lose to Denver? Those are the games that are coming back to haunt you, and they always do. We see it with the Sabres. They play like crap against weak teams who can get points. I know the Bills of Sabres football is different, but it's the same concept. You can't give away those games and those points in the NFL. Everybody wants to win, and those three or four games that they lost, now they're coming back to haunt them. Take hey, two of those games back. What they're eight and what eight and four. You know, you just can't lose games that you're supposed to win. Maybe one, maybe two, but not four. I'll hang up and listen.
1: Thanks, Mark, for the call. Just want to keep rolling through. We got a lot of phone calls to get to, so just keep rolling through them. Uh, let's go to Tim and Clarence. What's up, Tim? No, wait, we already had Tim. Sorry. Uh, let's drop Tim there just to make sure we don't do that again. And go to John and Hamilton. What's up, John?
5: Hey, um, yeah. If I was always told in my athletic and business career to stay away from hubris, which of course is excessive pride or self-confidence. And when things are going really well, you know, always act as if you're still the underdog. I think in McDermott's case, he has such excessive pride in his defensive coaching abilities and he counts on the defense to win every game or perform in every situation where we know that's not true. It's not happening. And I think the best examples of that are, you know, not going for it with 20 seconds left. And a couple of games ago, not going on any of those fourth and one situations or even fourth and six uh, against Philly the other day and I think it all boils down to him having too much pride in his own abilities and not letting Josh be Josh, as we always say. Uh, But, but, you know, I, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready for someone more willing to share in, you know, the glory. And I, and I I really do think that's part of it. He has too much pride in his defense Mm -hmm. and I would love to see someone, you know, more, offensively minded more open-minded uh to listening to his players and listening to his co-coaches and uh you know ho- hopefully it'll happen uh i would thank mcdermott for his you know turning the franchise around but i think he's it's run his his, his course already and uh there's nothing left for him to accomplish because he can't take us to the next level. Lost too many games on too many stupid plays that uh, other teams only – it only happens to them maybe once a season. It seems to happen to us four or five times a season.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, thanks, John, for the call. I teased on this. I teased uh, going into the break. The Bills' one-score game record and comparing it to Kansas City, which is always right to do because that's the standard – And the Bills, I have thought all along, since Josh Allen's been their quarterback, there is no good reason why they can't be the Chiefs. Mahomes is a bit better, maybe a little more consistent than Allen. But you have the closest thing to that in the world. Why are you so far behind in your accomplishments? There have to be reasons for it. Okay, one reason why is in the last 4 years we've we've spent a lot of time on one-score games and for the most part and almost entirely I want to say it goes to luck. Generally, the Vikings last year were 11 and 0 in one-score games. We all knew that was lucky. This year, what happened? 5 and 6. All's right in the world. Of course, of course they're 5 and 6. They were not going to be 11 to 0 again in one-score games. So a lot of it is luck. But once you start to expand the timeline, expand the sample size, maybe, just maybe, you can start to read into a trend. One score score game record over a four-year sample size. This is, I'm starting the timeline at when Allen got great. Allen got great. He got on that Mahomes level. Super Bowl expectations arrived when? 2020. So that's the timeline, 2020 to 2023. That's a four-year sample. The Bills' record in one-score games, including playoffs, in that time is 17 and 17. 0 and six last year really hurt it, but those count. 17 and 17. That's a f- exactly 500 win percentage. Kansas City in the same amount of time, 29 and 10. 29-10. and 10. That is an enormous difference. An enormous difference. I'm not saying that a lot of that isn't luck. I'm sure a lot of it is. But I'm going to have a tough time listening to it's all luck. Especially when we watch the coach make mistakes like he did at the end of Sunday's game where he knelt the ball. You are lighting six win probability percentage points on fire just because... You think that's what safe is, and I'm not saying Andy Reid is the best in the world at that either. Maybe it's a Mahomes thing. Maybe I, I don't know Kelsey. I don't know what it is. But that team, when get when they get put into one score games, close games, they find a way to pull it out. Twenty nine and ten. If the Bills, the Bills, if you didn't kind of pick up on this. The Chiefs there played 39 one score games in that time. The Bills have played 34. And that's because the Bills blow out teams more often. But if you just made the Bills' record, make their win percentage the same in that time as the Chiefs, it's an eight win difference. The Bills would have 25 wins in one score situations instead of 17. Eight wins, two wins a year. That's the difference between being on the road and home in the playoffs. You want to know why Patrick Mahomes has never played a road playoff game? It's because the Bills lose one-score games at a much higher rate than Kansas City does. And again, I don't even know how much of that is coaching versus luck. Luck is a huge part of it. But that's the difference. So who should I be mad at? Should I be mad at the football gods for that? Should I be mad at McDermott? Should I be mad at both? There it is, right there in plain English. That's why Mahomes hasn't played a road playoff game. That's why the Bills haven't been the one seed yet. That's why the Bills are 6-6 six and six right now, and the Chiefs are on cruise control. They'll make the playoffs and are in the one seed fight again. That's the difference. Right there. How many years do we have to go before it's clear cut? Okay, this is on the coach. maybe it'll regress maybe it, it it does go back and forth that's the thing it does go back and forth the bills have had a year where they were 0 6 and 1 score games they've had other years where they were 7 and 3 it does go back and forth but let's try to let's try to see if there's a pattern there something's got to give either the bills got to start getting some breaks to go in their favor and they'll beat Kansas City or Or what? Or Kansas City is going to start to have breaks go against them? It's more than just the Chiefs now, I know. It's the Bengals, and it's the Dolphins, and it's the Ravens, and it's everybody. Now it's the Colts with Gardner Minshew. But, man, that one-score game thing is terrifying. Let's go to Kim in Hamburg. Hey, Kim.
3: Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I just have a different take on things, just a little bit, which is what I thought at the end of the game. Um, and I'm wondering if we would have, be having a discussion about how badly we need to change with McDermott if Tyler Bass had made either one of the field goals. Yep. Because in the last 20 seconds, he'd already missed one from not that far, and one was blocked. So I think it had more to do with not having faith in Bass to make it, other than Josh or giving Josh a chance to win it. Um, that's just
1: what I thought. Yeah, yeah. it's it's worth mentioning. Thanks for the call. He is, he missed two kicks earlier in the game um, and he has a career-low 78% field goal percentage. He has been above 87% each of the last two years. His rookie year, he was at 824 So, career-low and there's a massive drop-off for Bass. But, I don't buy that. I don't buy that personally. You go down the field, I don't care who your kicker is. If your kicker, kicker is hurt and you want to put the backup running back out there, Latavius Murray wants to try to kick a 50-yard field goal. You do it. Maybe that's too far. You could get that blocked, I guess. But you know what I mean. You have a kicker on the roster, you you get a you get a shot at it. Get a look at it. So, yeah, Bass has been struggling. And if he makes those kicks, right, we're not talking about this. But these, all this is is more opportunity to learn – What does the coach do in these spots? So yes, Bass Bass makes the kicks. We don't get to see what McDermott would do. If Tyreek Hill never goes for 75 yards against the Bills' defense, we don't get to see what McDermott and Frazier would do when there's only 13 seconds left on the clock. To me, you could look at that as, well, it wasn't their fault because if this had happened before, then they wouldn't have been put in that situation. You want to you want to know when you get to that situation that you got the right man for the job because those situations will happen. They'll happen a lot. Let's go to Chris in Williamsville. Hey, Chris. Hey, man. Hey, just uh, a quick take. You know,
2: first of all, I, I want to go on record. I think we should have went for the win. You know, we got a great quarterback, and with 20 seconds, you know, it's like golf. They say you you got a tight pin. You pick a conservative spot, but you make an aggressive swing. So we could have called some conservative plays, sideline passes, whatever, throw it away if you're in trouble. So I, I agree with that. But I wonder what your callers or the area would think that if he made the other decision, let's go for it, and we go down the field and the ball's picked or fumbled, you know, inside our our 45, they kick it and win it. Would would all the calls be the opposite, saying why did he go for it? Why didn't we just kneel on it? I mean, what do you think? Is he is he a, is it damned if he do, damned if he doesn't?
1: I, 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 I don't know. I think, I, I wonder. Allen said in the post game that that was the right call, and not to say he's lying, but I, I don't, I don't buy that. If Allen had had a chance, and they, st- I mean, think. Let me, let me spin it this way. Because we talked about this earlier. If the Bills lose that coin toss, what's the reaction? (laughs) I mean... If the Bills lose the coin toss and the Eagles go down the field, people would be even more upset. So it can go both ways. Yeah, if Allen drives down and wins, then we're not talking about it as much. I still think we are, though. We're probably more excited that... Allen looks the way he does, the offense looks the way it does and let's go make get the playoffs 7-5 now we're in great shape, right? That that's how that's man that's how much of an opportunity they blew. 7 and 5 looks great in the standings right now with these other teams. Same record as Pittsburgh, same record as Cleveland, who the Bills are both better better than both. That's going by the way, that's going to be the most frustrating thing of this. They're going to miss the playoffs and none of these teams above them in the wildcard race are better football teams. None of them. Not one. I mean, the quarterbacks that are going to make it are going to be, as of right now, Kenny Pick.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours
1: Yeah, Flacco is probably about to go in for the Browns. Flacco is going to make the playoffs, and Josh Allen is not. It is twenty twenty three. And right now, there is a better chance Joe Flacco starts a playoff game than Josh Allen. Gardner Minshew is in a playoff spot. I mean it's it's so bad. Let's go to Joe and Lockport. Hey Joe. Hey, how are you? Good, Joe.
2: Good. Um, I had a question. You know what they were taught. I haven't listened to a lot, just snippets of, of this and a little yesterday. They talked about, um, you know, to win the Super Bowl, how people have hired like six people to look at it at all different angles, maybe too that um our coach has too much on his plate, and we should bring in someone like a Frank Wright as offensive coordinator to assist that, to maybe give them different perspectives on quarterbacks and someone who's been there now, I know that they just let go one. But someone now who's been in the coaching position, and again, uh, I think unfairly has left him go. He has been around Buffalo. He knows the culture. And I just think that that might help him by having more uh, people to kind of give him uh, a, a determination of what to do. And number two, I feel now is winter's coming in. And here we might go uh, two games like in Detroit or go to other places Why can't we think about, and I keep on talking with all these people, and they keep on saying, why can't we have a dome? just for the times that it is going to be so snowed out. The Bills have to travel on top of having all these Monday night games and short games and everything. And, yes, there's only maybe eight games being played, but look at all the other things from concerts to other type venues that would be brought in. Minnesota, yes, they have a lot of different teams and things, but I think almost of the same thing. So many people can draw a Super Bowl, but they would never think of drawing a Super Bowl in Buffalo because of because no one wants to be snowed in.
1: Nobody, nobody would. The build the Buffalo doesn't even have enough hotel rooms. They don't meet like one of the ten qualifications. Like that's not a part of it. Okay,
2: well I mean then maybe that, but maybe that would wake people Joe, can
1: up. I, can I ask you though? Like I don't mean to get too down the stadium hole here, but. Uh, why do you think it is that every other northeastern NFL team doesn't have a dome? Then why doesn't New York have one? Why doesn't Why doesn't Foxborough have one? Why doesn't Pittsburgh, Cleveland? Like, don't you think it's it's weird that all of these teams do the same thing every time?
2: Well, how about Detroit? Doesn't Detroit have Oh, well, Detroit
1: does. You're right. Okay, and, and... But Detroit another, knows they're getting a Super Bowl. Team
2: ...that plays in New York. Yes, we're a small team. Everyone plays in Fox. Everybody plays somewhere else. We're the only real New York team. I think, again, you know what? Maybe I'm, I'm totally wrong, but I think if people had... The vision of two years down the road when this is going to be built, maybe they it, it would start to bring people to say, "Hey, we got to do something different with Buffalo." You know, and, and all I'm saying is, I just think it's something that should be thought about. Uh,
1: that well, that they wouldn't have to travel. Well, it's well, Joe. Thank you. And also, on the travel part of it, they've had one, two games delayed or moved because of snow in like 45 years. It's not common. It's not common. There was 10 years between it happening, and there was like 40 years before that happening. So I don't even know how we got in the stadium there. Um, I think they're doing great. I think they, they're they not having a dome. That's because it was way too expensive, and the money was probably not going to come for it. Who was going to do it? Whatever. Rather than get any of that nonsense, they're going to have it so that most of the fans are covered, and there's warm warmth in the concourses and all of this stuff. Right? We've talked about it. Wind confusion. I'm good on all that. Can I get back to Reich for a second before we hit a timeout and then get to Tuesday Tears? Frank Reich gets fired yesterday by the Carolina Panthers. And I did think about him. I thought about him when Dorsey got fired. But so far, so good on Joe Brady. Just, I don't know what you're doing. What's Frank Reich doing? Is, is he the McDermott replacement? I don't think he's the offensive coordinator. I think Joe Brady is this team's offensive coordinator. I Unless it completely tanks in the final five games here. Joe Brady's your offensive coordinator next year. If Joe Brady's not the offensive coordinator next year, I think McDermott's not the head coach. And then if you want to talk about Reich being the head coach, I won't even sniff at that. He's not my favorite and some, you know, more than others don't like that idea. Um I hear those arguments too. Um I would just I would just not want to indict him on what happened in Carolina. That's that's a, I almost swore, that's a clown show. It's so bad there. David Tepper, the owner, meddling on, on another level. Yeah, Carolina is a dumpster fire. So, I don't know. We can talk about Frank Reich if it comes, if that situation arises. 803 is the phone number. Tuesday tiers. AFC Tuesday tiers when we come back here on WGR. AFC Tuesday Tears, Week 13 style. We're really racing through the league here, aren't we? Football season goes quick. Six tiers, Six being the worst. One being the best. Do I really, do I want the chaos of doing something that I've thought about doing and changing in the break? But I don't know if I'm going to do it. Should I do it? At the buzzer. No. We're not gonna do it. Josh is disappointed, I think. I don't know. I just I can't. I'd do it. Send there it. There is a defense for it, which is what is what, what is keep as wanting me to do it. It's making me want to do it. Oh man, I don't know. I'm struggling. Well, if it's the one I think you're going to do, you have a little bit of time to get to it. I know, I know, you have time I know to wrestle but I can't it. quite consider it while I'm going through the others, if that makes sense. All right, you're right. We'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll get We'll get to it when we get to it. Tier 6. These are the worst teams in the AFC, and I don't think there's much debate about any of these four. I'm going to start with a new entry to Tier 6. I don't know if I've ever had them this low, but it makes sense because of the injuries. Cincinnati is on Tier 6. We got to see Jake Browning up close and personal. There is nothing there. Nothing there. That guy is not very mobile. He is not very quick with his decision making. And tell me if you think I'm wrong if you watch Jake Browning on Sunday. He throws the ball slower than anybody I've seen. Like, the ball. He throws. All right, Jamar Chase is 15 yards down the field and open. And he throws the ball, and the ball's moving like 5 miles per hour. Like, it just doesn't move very quick. So, that that shows me there's not much arm talent there. Um, He was undrafted for a reason. So, they scored 10 points, bad turnovers. um, They had less than 200 yards of total offense. And they allowed, by the way, the Steelers to have over 400. Yeah, the Bengals without Joe Burrow are real bad. Really bad. Uh, they might lose the rest of their games. They're on Tier 6. Tennessee on Tier 6. The Titans, you know, it's funny. I left them here from last week, and I don't even remember if I know what they did this past week. What happened to the Titans this week? They're just, like, so off my radar because of Levis being just kind of, eh, like nothing really special happening there. Oh, yeah, they beat the Panthers 17-10. to 10. The 1-10 the and Panthers, you beat them 17-10. That That's not enough to move off of Tier 6. The Patriots are on Tier 6. They almost deserve their own tier below that. Missed field goal at the end to lose 10-7 to to the New York Giants. That is as bad as it gets. New England and Belichick is approaching the all-time loss record. He might break it when he comes to Buffalo. Hopefully the Bills will still be playing important games so we can enjoy it. I'm going to put the Raiders here in Tier 6. I don't like their roster. And you know what? They were up 14 nothing on the Chiefs. You got to put that game away. They they got a 60-yard touchdown run from Josh Jacobs kind of a broken play. You got to put that game away. And Kansas City then won the rest of the game 31 to 3. The the Chiefs are not here the Chiefs are not putting 31 up on anybody. And the Raiders let them do that? Yeah, tier 6. Also on tier 6. Messed up. There were five teams. The Jets. Around tier six. They, I mean, they allowed a pick six on a Hail Mary. And hey, when I told everybody, I want I want I want credit on this, I want brownie points. When I told everybody, I know Zach Wilson's been terrible, but I'm telling you Tim Boyle might really be worse. He was worse. He really was. The lowest average depth of target in the league in 20 years. No chances taken by this guy at all. He is cowering under the lights. Not an NFL quarterback. And they're going to keep going with him? Good luck with that. Jets are on Tier 6. Tier 5. Pittsburgh gets their own Tier 5. I still don't think the Steelers are good at all. But i got to give them a slow clap because they were willing to fire the coordinator. Finally in Matt Canada. Do something that they've never done before. Firing a coach like that midseason. And their first game out of the Matt Canada experience... They put up 400 plus yards for the first time in over 50 games. All right, congrats Steelers. You're moving up to tier 5. I still don't think you're a very good football team though. Tier 4 The Chargers. Uh 20 to 10 at the hands of the Ravens. This is me moving the Chargers down, by the way. The reason I still won't move them down even further, I maybe I'm so I'm just way too bullish on them. I still feel like the Chargers are capable of beating anybody on any given Sunday. They have not been doing that much this year, so maybe this is different, a different Chargers team, but I, it's my respect for Justin Herbert as why I won't put them any lower. And Tier 4 is not that good anyway. Tier 4, Indianapolis. Indianapolis is in a playoff spot with Gardner Minshew. They won 27-20 to over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, Michael Pittman had a great game, 10 catches, 107 in that game. Um... Not the biggest challenge. The Colts, though, are probably going to make it just because they have the easiest schedule remaining in the NFL. Here are the remaining games by the Colts, if you're hoping the Bills can chase them down. Titans. Pretty, pretty winnable game. Easy win. Bengals. Yep. Pretty good. Steelers. Mm, Not that hard. And that's at home. Falcons. Falcons aren't great. Raiders. Nope, not hard. And then the Texans, that's their hardest game left, is Week 18. The quarterbacks that the Colts play before C.J. Stroud in the finale, Will Levis, Jake Browning, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, and Aiden O'Connell. I know that doesn't speak to how good they are, but I think they're going to get the benefit of some easy games. Tier 3. Welcome to Tier 3 Denver. Denver didn't even get a tier in Week 3. They split up 70 to Miami. I didn't even even list them. They were such a joke. And since they've gone from unlisted to Tier 6, to Tier 5, to Tier 4, now to Tier 3. They have won five games in a row. Russell Wilson has the highest touchdown-to-interception ratio in the National Football League. They've beaten the Bills. They have beaten the Chiefs in this five-game streak. They've beaten good teams. They've beaten bad teams when they've needed to. And... This past Sunday, beating the Browns. Okay, not that impressive, right? Because Dorian Thompson will Robinson, I get that. They scored 29 against that defense. That, that's a good job. No, not many teams are doing that to Cleveland. Cleveland's got an elite defense, and the Broncos found their way to some success in that one. Denver. Five in a row, six and five on the season. How about Houston for tier three? They were. An inch away from beating the Jaguars, although I don't know how many of you watched that game. Um, I think the Jags could have won by a lot more. They had a, a one-yard stop at the end of halftime. Christian Kirk got loose and got stopped at the one-yard line with one second to go. He could have scored there, and then the Jaguars weren't able to punch it in after. So it really could have been a two a two-score game very easily. Um, yards in that game 445 for Jacksonville 352 for Houston um, so even though I thought the Jaguars were the better team Houston you know they they stood in it they they stayed in the fight and that's a great Jaguars team in my opinion that has I think they still have the best record in the NFL over the last 17 games uh, Jacksonville and Houston was right there with them I think even though they lost it kind of proved their worth I got Cleveland in tier three Best defense in football, and I actually think they're about to get a quarterback upgrade. Here comes Joe Flacco. It is 2023, and Joe Flacco is about to go under center for a playoff team. Probably, by the way. That's not guaranteed, but Rappaport reported yesterday that even if DTR, during Thompson-Robinson, clears... That Flacco might still be the starter. I think it's going to get to Flacco. I think that's going to be a quarterback upgrade. I think that's the best defense in football tier 3 for Cleveland. Tier 2. Kansas City is going to stay on tier 2. 31 points against the Raiders. Um but I let show me it against a good defense. Show, show me again. Show me again. One more good game and I'll put them I'll put them back where they belong in tier 1. But for now, I still don't think they're right. I think those receivers are going to stop that team from winning the Super Bowl this year. I said it. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl this year. I think the receivers aren't good enough. Miami on Tier 2. Miami, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's almost like they were trying to give that Jet game away. Tua throwing a couple of picks in the end of the first half. Uh, if 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 the Jets could have done anything on offense, anything at all on offense, they could have been in that game. Um... So, again, I'm not I'm not discrediting Miami because they beat the Jets. But I just don't want to give a team that beat that offense that much credit. That much. About as much as I gave the Bills. Which is, you did well. But by the way, the Bills scored more points against the Jets defense than the Dolphins did. Dolphins got to pick six. And that matters here, too. Um, okay.
0: Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way.
1: and i'm oh man i kind of want to do it i'm going to leave the bills on tier 2 i th- i really did think about putting them on tier 1 i know what the reaction would have been to that the the thing that was tripping me up is they're about as good as any of these teams right now aren't they like i know they're not going to make the playoffs or they might not make the playoffs in a different way than these teams are pretty much in but right now on a neutral field give me the bills are just as good as all these teams the Chiefs have warts the Dolphins have warts everybody's got warts had the bills gotten rid of the OC sooner I think, maybe I think that they're a yeah. playoff team like it, it's a good chance the teams on tier one that I am going to go with having the least amount of warts I'm gonna go with the Ravens on tier one they doubled up the Chargers and the defense holding Justin Herbert to 10 points is a very good job. Herbert has had some big games this year, and they did great. The, the Chargers more often lose because of their defense. Um, the Ravens kind of showed they could win both ways. Lamar was fine. Zay Flowers was great. So I've got the Ravens on Tier 1, same as last week. And Welcome to the show. Jacksonville Jaguars on Tier 1. The Jaguars, who remember, started 1-2 have won seven of their last eight. They have the best record. I want to make sure this is right. I saw it on Twitter a couple days ago and I can't find it. But it's, if it's not the best record, it's one of the best records in the NFL over the last 17 games. Because remember, they had that win streak at the end of last season. Um, yeah, the Jaguars. Just trying to pull it up here. Lawrence going over 300 yards in that game uh, was incredible. He had a great game. Calvin Ridley is still a little untrustworthy. He had a drop touchdown. By the way, that was another reason why um, they could have done that. Yeah, thirteen and four in their last seventeen. Thirteen and four in their last seventeen. The Jaguars. They win games. Their offense is great. The defense is actually good. We didn't think that would happen. Defense is good. Jaguars on tier one. All right. Time out here. We'll come back. Wrap things up here in the extra point show.